We are ready to begin, and last Sunday was Shiva Asa Tammuz, was the 17th of Tammuz, which was the beginning of the three weeks which lead up to the Tisha B'Av, which is when we commemorate, when we commemorate the destruction of the Beis Hamidosh, when we mourn the destruction of the Beis Hamidosh. So, <clears throat> there's an interesting insight I saw in the Maral, in his Netzach Yisrael, chapter 5, which I thought would be interesting that we read what he has to say, and then perhaps maybe we'll add something to uh, to the maral or on top of what we say as a, as a, of the maral. So the maral here says in chapter five in Netzach Yisrael regarding the three weeks, he says the following thing: Da, he says, Kirushalayim Mokam Akidusha. You should know Yerushalayim is a very Kaddish Dika place. It's a very holy Dika place. It's a very holy place. It was really not fit that the non-Jews should be able to conquer a place of such stature. Place of stature, of being the city of God that houses the Beis Amikdash. It really wasn't befitting that it should be conquered by a, a random non-Jewish nation. However, at least, at least, if they were going to conquer it, they would take three years in order to conquer it. The reason why, or at least to be able to see, begin to see, besiege the city, they would need three years. Why specifically three years? Says the Maral, because Kikol Yisrael in Yonim Mishulash, because the Jewish people, everything is in threes. The Maral likes numbers, patterns, and he says with the Jewish people, everything is in three. What does that mean that everything is in three? He says like this, Mishulashim Ba'avos. They are Mishulash Ba'avos. We have three others. We have three forefathers. The three forefathers are Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Right? He doesn't mention the Imois. He says that the, 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 the Imois are foremothers because we know that there were four. So Rivka, Rachel, But I think that um, maybe we can explain this at a different time. But I think that Leah is kind of sharing her third spot with uh, with Rachel, um, in terms of the children, in terms of being, in terms of building the twelve tribes. But that's not neither here nor there. But the Maral is saying that since we have three forefathers, so we have three, right? That's one thing we have three. Another thing we have three is he says Mishulashim v'Kahanim Levim v'Israel. We really have. We really have also three strata. We also have three levels of hierarchy within the Jewish people. We have the Kahanim, we have the priests, we have the Levim, we have the Levites, and we have the Israelim. We have the Israelim, that's, the, that's also three. He says, Therefore we are called the nation of three. Umipnei says the Maral, Shehem Tlusoi, and because we are a nation of three, and therefore, the non-Jews are not able to rule over them unless they have on them three years of of siege. Unless there is, unless that they are there three years. So three for three, because the Jewish people have three. Therefore, the non-Jews need three years in order to conquer the Jewish people. And then after three years. They would be able to overcome. They would be able to overpower them. Says the Maral, "Kim Yisrael," because the Jewish people are threes. 
This is the strength of the Jewish people. This is the strength of the Jewish people. As it says in the Pasuk, in, in Parshas Vizosa Bracha, Dvarim, Deuteronomy chapter 32, it says, Yaakov Chevel Nachlosoi. Yaakov, a rope is his inheritance. What does that mean? Says the Maral, that means that Rotzalaimer ki Yisrael Yeshlem Chayzik. The Jewish people have Chayzik, they have strength, Kimo Chevel, like a rope. That has been tied with three, with three, uh, three ropes, three levels, and as it says in 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 Kahelas, Kedersev Kahelas Dalid Vechuta Mishulish Dobem Heiru Yinosek, a a a rope that is tied in three ply, three uh, th- three uh, strings, will not very quickly tear. So therefore, the Jewish people, since we have the three avos, since we have the three forefathers, and we also have the, the, the hierarchy of the Jewish people is split into three. So therefore, if you can imagine the Jewish people like being a rope that, is, that, is, uh, that, that has three strings woven into it, therefore that gives them a very, they become very, very strong. This indicates strength where the rope will not be able to be cut. The rope will not, will not be able to be ripped. And because of that, since the Jewish people have the strength, therefore, if somebody wants to, another nation wants to conquer the Jewish people, they need to take three years in order to conquer them, corresponding to the three levels of strength the Jewish people have. You can't just do it immediately. And therefore, the non-Jews would need three years in order to lay siege on the city in order to overcome the strength and the power of the Jewish people. The heavens there. Understand this, says the Maral. Hate understand this very well. This was also the plowing of the city of Yushalayim that took place when? If you count it and you think about it, the plowing of the city took place when? The plowing of the city took place on Shiva Asa B'Tamas, on the 17th of Tamas which we just said happened last Sunday. And the 17th of Tammuz three, uh, and, uh, leads up to the final destruction of the Beis Hamidosh on Tishabab. What's the period of time between that? We said that's three weeks. There's no coincidence, says the Maral, that it took the, the non-Jews three weeks in order to destroy the Beis Hamidosh from the time they plowed the city because it corresponds also to the three-ply strength of the Jewish people. Right? He says... That the law Yitzarech Gimel Shanim Kikra Kov Shuayir. They didn't, of course, they didn't need three years because they already conquered the city. They didn't need three years in order to lay siege because they already conquered the city. Kikra Kov Shuayir Vayezas Cholas Lekvisha. This was the beginning of the of the of the of the conquest. Velakach Lo Hayutzrichim Ra Gimel Shvuos. Therefore, they needed only three weeks. Avol Tchilas Kvisha. But at the beginning of the conquest, Hayutzrichim Gimel Shanim. They needed three years. That's what they needed. So that's what that's what the, the Maral says. So you see, this is the title of our class. Says the Maral, the title of our class is, is that we see the silver lining in the three weeks because you would think that the three weeks represents a very dark, depressing, um, depressing period of time in our history where the the center of our the the 
the center of our of our of our worship, the center of our avoida, was was destroyed during these three weeks. Uh, during these three weeks, and therefore that would be a cause for 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 depression and looking down. But there's a silver lining. Why did it take three weeks? The reason why it took three weeks is because of the strength of the Jewish people, specifically 21 days. And on this, the Maral also says that the Gemara tells us that there were when the city was in. The Gemara tells us in Tractate Gitten on page 56a, the Gemara there says that when the city was laid siege, there were three rich people in the city that were able to support the city for 21 years with their with their possessions. So the Maral says, specifically 21 years they were able to support them. Why? He says, that they were able to support them for 21 years. This matter is, is that at that time, it was already meant to be. It was already meant to be that the non-Jews would conquer, would, would rule over the Jews. They would rule over the Jews. Why? The reason why they were all over the rule of the Jews is because of the discussions that we already had, like the, for example, the Nevesh Achaim, Rabbi Chaim Volajanar, in the beginning of his Nevesh Achaim, he says that the destruction of the Besam, the physical uh, brick and mortar of the Besam Mikdash would have never been destroyed if the Besam Mikdash and Shamayim would have not been destroyed. The, the corresponding spiritual entity that is also in Shamayim that is called the Besam Mikdash, if that would not have been destroyed first, then the Besam Mikdash itself would not have been destroyed. So therefore, we have reached a period of time at least where the, it, it came to a, a point, it came to a boiling point where the non-Jews were supposed to rule over the Jewish people. But he says, but how, for how long were the non-Jews supposed to, how long were the non-Jews supposed to rule over the Jewish people? He says 21, 21 years. But not more than 21 years. He says, he says, because it's only going to be until 21 years. That is corresponding to the, 30, to the 21 days that are between the 17th of Tammuz until Tishabav. One day per year. And when these three in other words, the, the, the same way that the, that the non-Jews would rule over the Jewish people, for example, they would plow the city of Yishalayim and then it would take 21 days to destroy the Beis Hamidash, so too, if they, would not, if they would lay siege to the city, but the Jewish people would not, if you know the story there, the Jewish people would, would be supported from the inside and the non-Jews would not be able to get on the inside, then how long would it be that they would be able to rule over the Jewish people the same way that they ruled for them three weeks? they would be able to rule over the Jewish people for 21 years because the Jewish people are able to stave off, to hold off the non-Jews for three weeks, the same way that they held them off for three weeks, uh, for three years, the same way that they held, tw- tw- I'm sorry, for 21 years, the same way that they held them off for 21 days before they were able to destroy the Beis Amikdash, meaning from the, sa- from the siege of the city, from the siege of the city to the destruction of the Beis Amikdash, the Jewish people were, the, the non-Jews were not able to instantly destroy the Beis Hamikdash. It took them 21 days because of the, tri, the, the three-ply strength of the Jewish people, as we have explained. They were able to hold them off. Corresponding to that, if the Jewish people would be able to support themselves with the three rich people that were inside the city, 
for 21 years corresponding to the 21 days, then they would be able to hold off the non-Jews for, those, for that amount of time, and then the non-Jews would no longer be able to conquer them, and therefore the Beis Hamidish would not be destroyed. So that's why he says, When these 21 years would pass, then the, 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 the opening for the non-Jews to, to uh, be able to um, rule over the Jews would be gone. And they would no longer have to be afraid. And therefore these rich people that's why in advance, before the siege, Hashem gave a blessing to these non-Jewish people, to these Jewish rich people that were inside the city, until they were able to stand up against the power of the non of the non-Jews, the laws in Israel, and to support the Jewish people, Chaf Alef Shanim, 21. 21 years. Vishuv lo hayazman matzliach loiv de gilulim and then the time would no longer be successful for the non-Jews. Lishlorai Yisrael to rule over the Jewish people. Rak chafal shana only 21 years. Ke'elu chafal shanim these 21 years huzman shimatzliach koyach loiv de gilulim that's the time that the power of the non-Jews would be able to be successful. Ke'heim neger chafal yomim shebein yudzayim betamus betezbav because they correspond as we said the 21 days that are between the 17th of Tammuz and the 9th of Av, Yom Nishana, one day per year. When these 21 years passed, then the, Jew, the non-Jews would no longer have a successful time. They would be able to support they would be able to support the Mezan, Chafal Hashan, they'd be able to support the Jewish people. But as we know, that the, as the Gemara tells us, there were these Birionim, there were these Jews that wanted to, 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 to fight, and therefore they burnt all of the stock, the, the entire stockpile of support that the Jewish people had, and therefore the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. But you see, for the, 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 the Maral says that the, because of the strength of the Jewish people, actually the Beis HaMikdash could have not been destroyed because the Jewish people have a three-ply strength of the of the others of the forefathers of the forefathers and uh, the forefathers and the the examples at least that he gave the forefathers there's other examples that he that the morale says in other sparim of why we have a three-ply strength but in this at least in this piece he says that we have also the hierarchy of the jewish people of the kahanim levi and the israelim so you see a silver lining in the three weeks, even though the, the three weeks is really a period of mourning. The three weeks is a period where we mourn the plowing of the city and all the other things that happened and ultimately culminating in the destruction of the Beis Amidash. But at the same time, the three weeks, because they are three weeks, because they are 21 days, they, uh, they are a testament to the strength of the Jewish people. And so therefore there is there is a silver lining that we could see that the Jewish people are strong, we're still here, we're still surviving through the historical through through history, and and uh, and, and and our strength will not be abated because Hashem is with us and eventually the base of Middash will be rebuilt. So there's two ways to look at things. There are ways to look at things in a pessimistic way, and there are ways to look at things in a non-pessimistic way. So this, I'd like to like segue into a different point that I saw today that was interesting. That was interesting, in that in that 
in that in what I was thinking that relates in a, in a sort of secondary manner to what we are discussing, and that is, is that there since there is a negative way and a positive way to look at something, perhaps maybe we have a yitzhahara, we have a yitzhahara to look at something in a negative way, and when we see something in a negative way, perhaps maybe we can assume that perhaps maybe we can assume that it's not really us that's looking at it. This is the point that I kind of noticed and was thinking about in, that I noticed in the Altar of Kelm. So the Altar of Kelm says in his Chochma Musar, the Altar of Kelm in his Chochma Musar and page in, uh, in Mimer Reish Zion, in page Shin Ayin Vav, in page 376, says the following. I'd like to read a little bit of this also. He says like this. He says, that it says in Parshas Shoftim, it says like this. It says, "Kiseitzelim lechama olevecha v'nosnu v'goymer biadecha." That when you will go out to war on your enemy. So the simple explanation is, is that you'll go out to a regular enemy. But the altar says, he says the enemy here is the Yitzhahara, the biggest enemy that he quotes the before earlier in the Mimer. He quotes the Chovas Alevavos. He says that the biggest enemy that we have is the Yitzhahar, the evil inclination. So the Torah is saying like this, The, the biggest enemy, which is the Yitzhahar, is always lying in ambush against us. He's always trying, without any stop. It is the Yitzhahar. He looks to be your friend, he wants to he want, he wants to show you love, but really his intention is to uproot you from the from the eternal from eternal life. And that is the way that the Yitzhahara works. So therefore, means then this is the way that we should set up against the Yitzhahara when he fights against us. So then this is what he says. A person has to prepare their mind for the, the, to, to have messengers, so to speak, of one's mind, Rayona's thoughts, to contradict what the Yetzirah is going to say. The fallacious arguments that the Yetzirah is going to make. And imaginations that are false, that come on you, and his words should not make you become out of control. So I was thinking, what does it mean? A person has to prepare their mind for thoughts, for thoughts that are going to come into the mind that are false. So let's think about this for a minute. We have a thought that comes into our mind. We have a thought that comes into our mind and we can realize that maybe, you know, we always hear in the Musr, we always hear that the Yitzhahara drives us to, to do things. But one of the ways it drives us to do things is that there are thoughts, says the, the, the Chachmon Musr, says the author of Kiyam, there are thoughts that come into our mind. So therefore, if we are prepared in advance, we can identify that these thoughts are not us. When we have a thought that comes into our mind, it doesn't necessarily mean that's who we are. That is a thought that's being placed in our minds that has nothing to do with us. And how is the thought being placed in our minds? 
if we could just understand it in a simple biological way, in a physiological way, is that, let's say a person stubs their toe and they feel pain and then they say to themselves, gosh, that really hurts. Where is that thought coming from? That thought is coming from an automatic reaction from the body. The body is in pain and therefore the body sends a message to the mind and says it hurts. A person wasn't thinking before they stubbed their toe that it hurts to stub one's toe. They didn't necessarily also consciously think that when they stubbed their toe, oh my toe hurts. All of a sudden the thought popped up into their mind. Thoughts come into our minds that are not really us. They're coming from the body or they're coming from the environment around us. And when those thoughts come into our mind, they are sometimes the Yitzhahara. That's what, the, that's what the, uh, the author is saying. And if we're prepared in advance, then we'll be able to recognize the, we're going to give an example soon, but we'll be able to recognize what these thoughts are and then, say, and then isolate them and say, this is not who I am. I know I have this thought. And the reason why I'm having this thought is because of whatever the reason is. And, but in my mind, I have a straight path to do something. We'll give it, let's, uh, yeah, let's give an example right now. I was thinking about the, the Mesil Sisharim, for example, says like this. He talks about, the Mesil Sisharim talks about, the Mesil Sisharim talks about the, uh, the attribute of, of Zrizus, the attribute of zealousness. So he says that one of the, in, this is in chapter 9, in the chapter entitled Ber Mafsidi Azrizus, those things that that take away zealousness, and one of the things that take away zealotry is um, is is um, is laziness. So he says like this: He says, "Od Mafsidi One of the things that hinders a person from being zealous is when they are too much afraid. They are too much afraid. They're afraid of the time and what the time is going to bring. Sometimes a person is afraid that it's too cold outside. Right? And sometimes they're afraid. They're afraid that sometimes it's too hot outside. Sometimes they're afraid that it's too dangerous to go outside because maybe they'll catch a disease. Maybe they'll trip. Maybe they get hit by a car. Sometimes they're afraid of sicknesses. Sometimes they're afraid of the wind. Maybe the wind is going too high. All of these things. And says the Messiah, This is what Shlomo says in Mishlei 26. The lazy person says, There is a lion outside. I don't want to go outside. The Chacham Zechrein Rach already disparaged this. They already, they already criticized this. So imagine a person is, is, is sitting in their house and they have to go do something. But they're lazy. So what's the laziness going to do? The laziness is going to take away their, their, their zealotry, their, their, their zeal, their zrizus <coughs> for performing the task. So now I always thought, a person says to himself, a person says to himself, there's a lion outside. It's too cold outside. It's too hot outside. I always thought that a person is saying this consciously, and it could be that it's true, that a person is saying this consciously. They really don't want to do the task. Let's say they have to go uh, to the store to pick up maybe some medicine for their kids, or they have to pick up somebody from the airport, or something that they have to do for their job. And they say, 
It's too cold outside. I don't want to go outside because it's too cold. So it's possible that they're saying that consciously because they want to make an excuse. They don't have to go outside if it's too cold, right? They'll, they'll be absolved from the task. But I think it's more than that. I think that maybe according to what the author is saying here is, is that the Yitzhahara, which means the body, which is, in, which is animalistic, is lazy, and it knows that it's cold outside, so it sends a, men- a message to the consciousness of the brain and says it's cold outside. So it's actually a thought that pops up in a person's mind that says it's cold outside, and sometimes they articulate it and sometimes they don't. But when the thought pops into their mind, there at that moment, they have a choice. They have a choice that they can, they can, re- they can react to the thought, or they can, or they can, or, or they can do away with the thought. And it says the altar of of, of Kelm that if a person is prepared in advance, they'll understand with their mind that they have to get a medicine for the child. Because if the child doesn't get their medicine, then they're not going to feel good. And if they're not going to feel good, maybe their condition will worsen, and therefore they'll have to get more medicine the next day. So when the thought comes into their mind that they don't want to go outside, it's the Yitzhahara that's bringing the thought. So if they're prepared in advance, then they have been able to isolate the thought and say, this is not me, this is the Yitzhahara, this is my body talking, these are the circumstances that are talking. But my mind already says that this medicine has to be gotten despite the fact of the elements of what is going on. So when a person is prepared, then they're able to, dis- they're, they're able to discard this thought and, and, and say, this is not me. What me is, is I have a mission, I have a purpose, I have something to do, and I'm going to do it regardless of what happens, and this is just the Yitzhahara talking. So sometimes we say, it's just me, but it's not just me. This is what the author of Kelm is saying. And that's what he says, um, says the author, furthermore, a person who a person has to prepare for himself messengers of his mind. Rayonus listor tanus akazov. He has to uh, formulate arguments that will dispar- that will disparage and do away with these thoughts of 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 uh, it's cold, it's too dangerous. Vidimyonishkarim and all these imaginations that are all of them are not even sometimes not even true. That come on a person. So we're constantly being bombarded with, with thoughts that are not our own because of the elements and the body trying to protect itself. The Torah already promises. You will rule over the Yitzhahara. You will, you will overcome the Yitzhahara. Bereshus 4 7. If you properly prepare yourself, and you will, your heart will not melt. Because a person should not be afraid, is that that passage continues in Parsha Shoftim. That when, a, when your enemy comes, a person should not be afraid. Instead, you rule over him. The whole purpose of the Yitzhahara, the way that he gets us is, is that he gets us confused. He gets us confused between our purpose, about, about, about our, our focus, about what we're going to do about what we're going to do and, 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 and what we are. I mean, in, 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 in the sports world, not even in the sports world, but any, everybody knows this. You know, a person goes out to train and what does the body say? The body says, no, I'm too tired. I want to sleep. I'm not feeling good today. It's not going to work out. This is all because the, the, and, and, and the, the, the athlete that succeeds is the one who overcomes these uh, the, these thoughts of the mind which are not them, 
which are trying, which which the body is trying to protect itself and not exert itself. Va'ata timshal boy, you will roll over him, says the altar. It's only to confuse a person. But the Yomis Kazami thinks that if a person, you know, exercises too much, they'll die or whatever. If they if they train too much, or if they go outside to pick up somebody from the airport, they'll they'll crash in their car. Because if a person is weak, then a person gets doubt, and you know what they say: the doubt has killed the warrior, and that and we are the warrior against the Yitzhahara, and the Yitzhahara knows that if he if he challenges us directly and tells us to go do this and that, we're not going to do it. But doubt kills the warrior. But if he infuses us with doubt, and if we don't know wh- whether we're coming or going or who we are, then he will be able to overcome us. That's why the Yitzhahara is called, in the Gemara and Brachos on page 17a, is called the leaven in the bread. Because, the le- what does the leaven in the bread make? It makes the, it makes the dough uh, become chametz. It makes it ferment. So that's why the Yitzhahara also puts like leaven into our minds, so to speak. And it makes the mind ferment. And what happens when the mind ferment? It gets ruined, right? It gets, it gets us confused. That's why it's called the, that's why the Yitzhar is called the leaven in the bread, because he tries to confuse us. This is what the altar of Kelm is saying. So the difference, so the difference between a, a, a positive and a negative attitude, uh, or, or, or perspe- let's say the difference between a positive and negative perspective is, is could be is could be just the Yitzhar, whether a person is properly prepared to look at the world in a different way. And the reason why we're, we're, we're saying this is also because of the three weeks. Also, we can have two different perspectives. We can have one perspective is, is, that, is that, you know, we don't have the base on English. This is a dark, depressing times. And they are. They are dark and depressing times because we don't have a base on English. But at the same time, the fact that it's, th- the, like we explained, the fact that it's three weeks, the fact that it's three weeks or that at that period of time it should have been 21 years like we explained, is a testimony to the strength, not the weakness of the Jewish people. This is the positive attitude that one can look at, right? The Yitzhahar can say, look, you know, the, the, the Mashiach is never going to come. We've been 2,000 years in Golis. We celebrate, we, 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 we mourn during the three weeks and we mourn during the Tisha B'Av and it's not helping us. We could say it like that or we could say the other way. We could say, look, the, the, the three weeks is a testimony to the strength of the Jewish people and we're still here doing it. We're still mourning for the for for, for the Beis Hamikdash, a positive outlook. That's the lesson that I wanted, uh, that we wanted to share with everyone this evening, that uh, we should try to isolate the thoughts that come into our minds randomly because of the circumstances that we're in, and recognize that they are not necessarily who we are, and therefore they are only messages for us to be able to consider the situation or maybe even to confuse us. And when we isolate those, then we can use our minds to make a proper decision based upon our goals and our purpose that we have outlined for ourselves, the, the, uh, um, the program to achieve our purpose that we have outlined for ourselves and not based upon some random thoughts that come into our minds, which are not necessarily something that we consciously thought about or decided to con- conjure into our, I- into our minds. So in Mitzvah we should have that the uh, Beis Amidah should be rebuilt and we should not have to mourn during the three weeks anymore. So this is what I wanted to share with everybody this evening. Thank you and have a good Shabbos.